Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. This is Barbecue Nation After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. I'd like to thank you for being with us. We're coming to you again from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in uh, the good side of Portland. Let's put it that way. We're talking with John Holner, the hot sauce sensei. He, John hails from Atlanta at this point in his life. Um, you know, I think one of the, the things, John, that, that people, it's confusing. It's confusing to people. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about different types of peppers, different types of hot sauce, different types of this, different. And if they're not really into it, they're not really, you know, they like, maybe they see a bottle of uh, Tapatio. Maybe they see a bottle yep. of Frank's and they, and they've either had a good experience or a bad experience with it. So they kind of know yep. where they're coming from, but there's so many of them out there. I think that, you know, there's no rule of thumb for the average consumer to look at it and say, Hey, this is this, or this is that. And, and so what, what do you suggest for people? Yeah, great question, Jeff. The interesting thing that, uh, you know, when I, I again, I, I started looking on the shelves and as we talked about in the, uh, in the radio interview, I wasn't all that excited about some of the options that were out there just because they're made mostly for the mainstream consumer. And to a degree, you're not going to have mass production of some of these really unusual chilies. There's thousands of varieties of chilies. Uh, I've seen everything from 2,000 to 7,000 and probably even more than that. And, you know, you get all these different, you know, botanical crosses. And, uh, you know, as you start exploring world cuisine, you're going to see all these different kinds of peppers. But the, the big things I hear a lot of times are, you know, I don't like all the vinegar. It's too hot. It uh, is too salty, and you know, the, the, or again, like you said, I, I can read a label, but I don't know, have any idea, you know, what these different you know peppers are, or how hot they are, or anything else. Um, and so you you kind of get you know frustrated with what's available on the shelf. It's when sure. you start going to a uh, a commercial place. Actually, you know, it's interesting to me. One of the top spicy products on Amazon. That's just theoretically in the hot sauce category is not what I think most people would consider a hot sauce. There's no salt. Uh, Well, there might be a little bit of salt, but, uh, you know, there's there's no vinegar involved. Do do you know what that product is, Jeff? Taco Bell Mild. (laughs) No, it's, it's actually hot honey. Hot honey is a new the newer category of you know, hot sauce that, you know, I, I basically uh, in my, in my 
uh, cookbook that I'm working on. You know, my goal with the cookbook is to teach theory and understand all the different types of hot sauces. Uh, and, and I've seen articles uh, that will basically go all around the world and look at hot sauce around the world. And, you know, not necessarily what we would maybe classify as traditional hot sauce from a consistency perspective. Right. Because uh, because they're really more of a paste like harissa. Uh, if you've ever had harissa from the Middle East, such an amazing condiment that has just a great depth of flavor and, mm-hmm. and uh, is using a lot of sun-dried, uh, you know, chilies and uh, caraway actually is, is the main spice ingredient in, in harissa which is not something that, uh, you know, a lot of uh, American palates come across all that time unless you like seeded rye bread. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, it really uh, is a phenomenal condiment, but it's, it's, you know, more of a spread than, a, you know, what you might call a hot sauce. But, you know, the uh, I have a, a, a kind of my sixth category of, of hot sauce is what I call sweet hot sauce. And that's really where, uh, if, if you've ever heard of chamoy uh, from Mexico, have you ever had that yourself at all or? Not when I was sober. <laughs> okay, so uh, it's you know, Shamoy really took off in kind of the you know late eighties, early nineties in Mexico, and it was actually a an outcropping uh, from Asia. Uh, there, there's an apricot, uh, which if, if you've ever had umeboshi in Japanese cuisine, mm-hmm. it's, it's actually a pickled sour apricot. Uh, and then uh, what they basically do is, and when they crush this, the, the seed inside, if you've ever had amaretto, uh, that's a, an apricot kernel uh, that is used to make the flavoring in amaretto. So it gives you that almond sure. flavor, but it's a little bit bitter. Uh, so when you, they, they would actually take these apricots and crush them entirely, so you'd get a little bit of the seed that would mix in. And they, in, in Hawaii, I believe they called them crack stones. Uh, and and because you were you were actually cracking the seed on the inside, but it created a flavor profile uh, that was uh, you know of traditional of, of shamoy. Now, if you go to your local international grocery store and you look for shamoy, it's going to probably come in a huge bottle. And unfortunately, the first five ingredients are typically water, sugar, yellow five, red fifteen. Well, I'm making those <laughs> up, obviously. Um, and and then there's a little bit of chili, and it's like, what is this garbage? It's it, you know, it, it's it's just it, it floors me. Um, you know that, that, that this product is there, but they're they're sprinkling in a little bit, and it's got citric acid instead of. Um, instead of lime juice or, or, or something from a, a, a citrus product to actually sure. give you the, the citric acid to give you that, that the city that you need in the sauce. And then they're, then they're throwing a little bit of chili <laughs> at the end. So uh, I took chamoy uh, and I had bought a bottle and, and I still have the majority of it. Uh, probably should just throw it away at this point, but I want to taste the actual profile. And when I tasted it, and from the research that I had done on chamoy, I, I had a friend of mine actually says, oh, I'd love to put this on fruit, which is very common. And I, I had the fortune of working in L.A. for about four years. And, and you'd see the fruit stands on the corners in L.A. And it, you, they, they put the chili lime seasoning, like tagine, uh, on, on their fruit. Or they'll have this big you know, industrial size thing of chamoy. Uh, and, and they're kind of blaming chamoy on like uh, you know, dietary issues with Mexican children because you know, all they want to do is throw this, this sugar water on, on all their fruit with a little bit of chili in it. Uh, and there's candy and other things flavored with chamoy. But uh, the sweet hot sauce category is actually a very interesting one. So when you are looking to pair 
your food, uh, sometimes you, you want a little bit of a sweeter wing, like almost like a teriyaki or something along those lines, uh, you know, or a honey sriracha. You know, basically, honey sriracha is hot honey mixed with chilies, which is going to give you that sweet hot sauce because the sugar in the hot sauce actually helps to dampen a little bit of the effects of the capsaicin uh, in the, the product. So you can kind of mellow it out a little bit. And, you know, let's face it, you know, honey mustard is a huge category for mustard. And, right. you know, a lot of people uh, will love to, you know, the, the, to put the, you know, the hot honey on chicken wings or pizza. And I'm you know seeing it pop up in all different places these days. Uh, so a sweet hot sauce uh, is, is one definitely uh, to, to keep in mind. And, and it might uh, really open up your eyes to, to what's possible. Put too much anything on there is going to open up your eyes just for a minute or two. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, uh, it, will, it so, will. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I was uh, trying to think of where where we were trying to uh, to go with all that, but uh, well, I think you know from a, another type of hot sauce is you know the the verde hot sauce category, right? Uh, and and so a lot of times your verde hot sauces that you're going to find in the market. Uh, are usually a jalapeno based, maybe a serrano based, and then they'll uh, likely have some tomatillo, which essentially are uh, you know related to things like gooseberries. Uh, they're uh, a little bit more lemony, citrus, and flavor profile, mm-hmm. uh, and they you know so they but they taste also like a green tomato. Uh, so uh, you know when you see them in the store, if the paper husk is just starting to peel apart, usually that's when they're at least starting to be ripe and then you can again feel how firm they are see if they've you know gotten a little more yellow than green and they'll likely be a little bit sweeter and uh you know when when they're a little more yellow than than green um but they they definitely make a fantastic um base and this goes back to the idea of balancing the heat in the sauce uh but you know when you're looking through the ingredients if something has serrano chilies as opposed to jalapeno chilies uh, then you know you know it's going to be hotter than than a, a maybe a more standard uh, verde. Uh, you know then you also have uh, some of the sauces that will use green habaneros, and, and you know so from a comparison perspective, jalapeno three thousand scoville units, habanero three hundred thousand scoville units. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So when you start seeing habanero in your sauce, then you know that it's likely going to be significantly hotter. But again, to you know, bridge that gap, usually a single pod uh, of a habanero in a one cup liquid base sauce would mix in with some other uh, food elements that either are other peppers or are neutrals. So a tomatillo would be an example of a neutral uh, adjunct that you could use to build the base of a sauce that you can throw one habanero into a tomatillo sauce and you have a now you have with the right salt and vinegar combinations you have a green habanero you know sauce that's not going to melt your face off so let me ask you this john is there mm-hmm. any data to suggest that when combining uh hot sauce and and you know let's talk something ghost ghost pepper and north all right. Mm-hmm. Um, that afflicts the uh, flavonoids in the food, like the antioxidants and stuff. Okay. 
Is there any okay. science behind that, that like by really putting this hot sauce on X, whatever X is, that it affects the nutritional value and some of the side values, like I said, about antioxidants or something? Or is that just kind of a myth? So, again, I'm no doctor or nutritionist, and I don't play one on TV. But, but uh, you know, peppers themselves actually have tremendous nutritional uh, you know, values. Uh, they have, they're very, very high in vitamin C uh, and uh, also have a lot of their own natural antioxidants. And they're basically a superfood. They uh, also, there's, you know, been observed uh, in enhancement or what they call thermogenic effects of the capsaicin to potentially boost the uh, metabolism slightly. Uh, and, and actually for a lot of folks, you know, capsaicin is, is a supplement that is used for people who have stomach problems. Right. So, you know, the the challenge that you sometimes have is, well, people, you know, will think that this is so hot that it's making my mouth, you know, feel like I need to, I just ingested lava. You know, that is needs to be separated from the actual nutritional aspects of the peppers themselves because they pack quite a bit of punch. Now, certainly once you start cooking things and preserving things in vinegar and other facets of how you're uh, ingesting that, you're going to change the chemical structure uh, of what's in the pepper. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the, the downside of a lot of uh, hot sauce is that you know, they can have some high sodium contents, you know, similar to other fermented products. Uh, yeah, I sent the store yesterday looking at a, a jar of pickles longingly because one pickle had 10% of my daily sodium intake. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, I'm like, I could eat this whole jar yep. <laughs> in one sitting. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, yep. Uh, you have to kind of you know take some of those things into account the, uh, the older we get here and, and, and trying to make sure that our blood pressure isn't going to go through the roof. Uh, but, you know, the, the nutritional aspects of the peppers themselves are, are very high and they're, they're superfoods uh, in that regard. So um, let me ask you one last question here, John. And sure. what's your favorite part of all of this? You're, you've been working on a book and you're doing a lot of research, which I think it'll be a great book when it's finished because you've, you've taken the time and just not slapped down 25 recipes and some good pictures, you know? Yeah. Um Right. But what's your what's your favorite part of doing all of this? My, my favorite part is is that exploration. You know, I think I'm I'm the type of person who wants to try something different all the time. So, you know, I I uh was reading Gordon Ramsay's uh biography. Uh, I don't know if it's if he wrote it or if he had it written for him. I think he was had a played a large hand in it. And he made a comment on his cookbook library that at the time in the mid nineties, whenever the publishing date on the book was, was over 3000 cookbooks. Now, granted, he's a celebrity chef and he gets books given to him all the time. And sure. whatnot. I don't, I don't know where I would put 3000 cookbooks in my house. <laughs> I can tell you <laughs> up in your attic. Cause I got a bunch of them, <laughs> but you know, so I am always reading recipes to find new combinations. Mm -hmm. And that to me is perhaps the most exciting part of this because I, I take a cocktail approach. I did some time as a bartender and I, you know, when you start taking a look at classic cocktails, they're basically doing a lot of the things that I do when I approach 
making a hot sauce. You know, what is your base spirit? Does that base spirit have inherent sweetness to it? Does it have some smoke from barrel aging? Does it have, uh, you know, is it just a neutral canvas like a vodka? Are there other herbal characters like a gin? So, you know, what is the base spirit bringing? And then, you know, what acid are you bringing? Again, thinking about flavors. I want to have some sour in here. And then I need to have some sweet to counteract the sour and make it work together. And then maybe I'm going to have some bitters uh, to really elevate it. But by the time you get done, you're going to have three or more of the five flavors in that cocktail to create a flavor experience mm-hmm. that is goes beyond just sipping on a glass of whiskey. Similarly, I when I build a hot sauce, I'm making sure that I've got, you know, the sweet in there. Um, you know, are am I getting vegetal notes from a, an unripe pepper? that are going to help me with the uh, the bitter aspects that I may be going for. You know, what vinegar am I using? I've got over a dozen kinds of vinegar in my house, not to mention all the things, like I said, on all my science experiments with, you know, <laughs> fruited vinegars and, and pepper vinegars and everything right. else. Uh, and and you, can, you can even get to where, you know, you've got, you know, different salts that are out there that will – you know, create different flavor profiles. And then and what kind of sweetener you might be adding, whether it's maple syrup or agave syrup, you know, uh, or if you're just using uh, straight sugar, or are you trying to get more of the sugar from things like a carrot that you're adding to help stretch out that sauce? And, and how is that going to, you know, affect how that sauce is made? So, you know, the, the ability to, you know, identify a flavor profile that you want to explore and then, you know, figure out, okay, how much heat do I want to put in this sauce? And, you know, what am I, what do I want to do? Right. It's a constant experiment and it's, it's just fantastic uh, from the opportunity to have to create something entirely new and, and every single recipe, you know, when, you know, uh, one of the sections of the book will be the 12 different elements of hot sauce that you can, you should be considering when you're trying to build the recipe. And, you know, we, we talked about the, the first three, the peppers, the salt, and the vinegar. Uh, and we talked a little bit about the sweet, um, but, you know, there's things like smoke. How do you want to get smoke into a, a hot sauce? Mm-hmm. And for the folks who barbecue a lot, you know, if you don't smoke vegetables, you're, you're missing the boat because you can create some amazing flavors by taking smoked onions, smoked carrots, uh, you know, smoked peppers, and adding them in when you do a recipe, you know, and, and you know, you want to be able to, to stretch those flavors and create something entirely new. I've got bags of smoked onions that I have older smoked onions because older wood has a unique flavor profile. I've got pecan smoked onions because I want to bring that in. And I, I like to take sometimes classic sausage recipes and say, with the spice blend that's in this sausage recipe, I'm going to try and make a hot sauce that I can put on a, a pork chop that's going to give me the same flavor profile as a chorizo or as a lawn jogger or as you know a, a bratwurst and, and go there. And, and you could just branch out into so many different directions, but the, uh, you know, the ability to just go and learn something new each day. Yeah about about someone else's cuisine it, it's it's really going to open up your world perspective 
I, you know, I, I, you know, if on my blog, I have the 10 reasons to make hot sauce. And the number one reason is to make friends because we have to break down the barriers. And, you know, these days, you know, in, in, in suburban world, everybody runs into their house and nobody comes out. Right. And, and how do you get to know people except to maybe share something? And, you know, to be able to, to find out that you have a common ground with somebody and liking some spicy food or like my neighbors who are like, oh, I can't do hot sauce. Or, well, let me show you something. And they were like, wow, this is fantastic. So now I have, I have an open channel and I've started creating some community and I've started to, to be able to dialogue and, and, you know, bring a smile to somebody's face. That smile, and I think that smile is important, John. That smile is very it, it important. Is, it's, it's everything. I mean, I mean, we're all going around on this crazy rock and it's not easy out there, especially with what we've been through in the last 18 months. <laughs> and, you know, again, I, my, my long range goals with, with what I'm doing, I, I, I look forward to working with, with chefs and doing chef dinners where I can help people see the subtleties and nuances. that will just give them a chance to try chilies that they've never seen on the store shelves. Cause I know where to go and find them. Absolutely. Uh, and and See what they taste like. I think it's so important to build your palate and and broaden that because it just opens up all sorts of new recipes that don't have to be hot sauce. You know, they can you know just be a, a normal sauce that has peppers in it. But now all of a sudden, you know, you've just created this whole new experience. Um, but I want to do chefs dinners. I want to work with um, breweries and wineries and help people teach people how to make hot sauce, but by varying the liquid base. As long as you've got a you know half to two thirds vinegar. What you do with the other portion, you can have a lot of fun. I have, sure. uh, you know, one of my Cinco de Mayo sauces every year on Cinco de Mayo. Two years ago was when I started this. I do a five Mexican pepper hot sauce. They have to be, some have to be unripe because there's green in the Mexican flag. And, and then obviously the other ones are ripe. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, to, to replicate the red in the Mexican flag, you know, by a lot of chilies being red. Uh, but, though, and then, and, you know, but it has to be five. And it has to be a combination of the two. But uh, this past year, I did a rip on chili and nogada, which if you've never heard of chili and nogada, it's a celebratory dish in Mexico. They serve it a lot at weddings and uh, you know various graduations and big things. It was actually when the nuns had the bishop come for a visit. And they, they basically took a poblano and they stuffed it with pork and sweet fruits and then roasted it and they covered it with a walnut cream sauce and they took pomegranate arrows and fresh parsley to replicate the Mexican flag and a little bit of cinnamon and, you know, made this beautiful fall harvest dish. So I took a lot of those flavors and and turned it into a hot sauce. And, you know, I was, I was really happy with the way that that turned out at the end because it gave me the, I used pomegranate juice as part of the liquid base to get you those, those pomegranate arrows in there uh, and, and, you know, had, you know, some spicy chilies, but then some mild chilies so that, it, you know, when the, the thickness of the final sauce came out, it was something that you could eat and enjoy on tacos or grilled meats very easily. And, you know, you're not going to melt your face off. And sure. we blew through that very quickly. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> well, speaking of quickly, we're just, um, we're running out a little time because I actually got to get out of here. In a, in a couple minutes, but John Hallner, the hot sauce sensei, uh, again, John, your website for folks is hot sauce cookbook.com. 
There you go. Um, John will be back on the show uh, another time, I promise you, because he's got a I lot would, to learn. I and, love that. Yeah, and we've got a lot to learn about that. But until then, John, thank you. Uh, folks, we'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. Uh, remember our motto, turn it, don't burn it. Be kind to somebody out there. Take care.